0: Welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Emma Knight. And I'm Andrew Nickel. It's and today on the show, we're once again live here in Auckland. Yes, and... Oh, thanks team. And it is not just exciting because we are live here in Auckland. It's also exciting because we've got a co-host for this episode. Please introduce your name and state it for the record.
1: Hi, I'm Catherine Barrow.
0: And Kat, talk to me. What is your question? What are we talking about today?
1: So today we're talking about what impact the Labour government might have on the property market.
0: Fantastic. Andrew, dive in. What are you thinking about this? How might Labour impact the property market? I've
1: been trying not to think about it this week, Kat, so I went around the country just (laughs) drinking my sorrows. Just kidding. (laughs) 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 It's a really hard one moving forward because the Labour government isn't a big fan of property investors. So the people in this room are going to get a hard time over the next few years. Having said that, I would never vote for them personally, not that I'd tell you how to vote, But we do make a lot of money in a Labor government and property. And so it may change the way or where you invest, but I think there's some really, really good opportunities moving forward. Now, the first big opportunity is that the Labor government and their huge debt that we now have will result in very low interest rates for a very long time. And Ed and I have been working on a model, and I think we did a podcast this week on Sunday after catching the chicken that – we modelled out if interest rates are sub 2.5% for the next five years, and then they go up to 5 6%, whatever, what sort of contribution do you have to make over this time? And we're going to go even deeper into that, because I've been thinking about this more this week. If you use the surplus that you earn from your rental properties now, even on a modest yield, even on a high growth property in Auckland, you'll generate enough money to tolerate circa 5% in five years' time. So, whilst there might be some new challenges, which we're going to talk about, there's going to be some real opportunity. Now, one of the challenges that I spoke to a friend of the company, Peter, an excellent accountant that we work with, BDS? BDS. Peter Peter from BDS Accounting. Remember that the first time every time. And he was talking about the fact that he believes that it's an absolute certainty that we will have stamp duty. Now, capital gains tax, we already have by another name, bright line test, And there's a good possibility that it'll go from now, gone from two to five years, then it'll go out to maybe, say, 10 years. But you don't collect that revenue straight away. So we need to do something now to fill that pot. And stamp duty is a great way of doing that. So stamp duty exists in Australia. You pay a percentage to the government when you buy a house. Now, that would be a great way of generating some revenue right now. So I think that that will probably happen. Now, the government loves first-home buyers, and we want to encourage people onto the housing ladder. So probably what you'll see is us investors will pay it, and maybe there'll be exemptions for first-home buyers, which is fine, but it does make this an opportune time to start looking at investing, because if you're not investing now and next year you end up paying an extra 10%, it's going to drastically affect what you have to put into an investment property. And we don't know what this looks like yet, but it's just something to be considering.
0: And I think what's important to realise as well are some of the factors that potentially won't change. So it's important to remember in New Zealand we have an independent reserve bank which is putting policies in place that are causing house price inflation and that's why the Treasury has predicted over the next five years we're expecting about 24.5% median house price inflation across the country because the reserve bank is considering things like lending money to retail banks to on-lend to businesses and to home purchases. So that means that if the Reserve Bank is going to lend money to the retail banks, they then no longer have to raise funds from term deposits to then on lend to people for mortgages or for small business loans. So that's going to allow them to respond to a heated market and continue to lend, which would cause some heat within the market if we're able to continue getting that lending. Now, that's important because As much as the Labour government can do some things, which Andrew has highlighted, there's some stuff in the economy they also can't control, like the low interest rates. But the other thing that I thought was really interesting that I read in newsroom this morning, which the Labour government is doing, but probably quite unexpected, is they're now buying up motels around the country. And the reason they're doing this is so that they can house people who need it. So rough sleepers and people who are in overcrowded houses. And What's this is a rough sleeper? A Nice word. Euphemism for homeless man. Gotcha. And if you think about that, cat, the interesting thing there, the impact that'll have on the market is that first of all, people who currently own motels... They're going to be cashed up, and so we'll be able to do something with it. But it's also going to mean that there's less competition within the motel-hotel market, and that is going to mean that it's going to be a better trade for motel owners, even though COVID is is currently meaning that there's no travellers around the country. And so that's going to balance that out. So sometimes the government do things which make sense, but also have a positive impact. like... It's hard to deny that that's going to have a positive impact for motel owners around the country, especially if you're in a small town like Napier and the motel down the road is now bought up by the government and repurposed for something else. That would have a positive impact for you. So it's going to have some interesting factors or flow on effects that you wouldn't initially think of. But I want to ask you as well, Kat, before I keep rattling on, how do you think the Labour government might impact the New Zealand housing market?
1: <laughs> wow put me on the spot there yeah he I mean, does that to me as well it, it'll be interesting I think I have no idea, actually. That's why I asked you. Good good answer. I think also the other thing to remember is that we do have a serious retirement issue in New Zealand. And we actually, we do worldwide. So whilst the government does want to make it a bit more of an even playing field for the first home buyers, I met with an investor just yesterday, and he's from Sweden. And no one in Sweden owns property not to the extent that we do and it's very rare for that to happen and so in New Zealand there's almost this God given right that we own a house and it's really really hard but we don't like that I'm looking at all you millennials in the room including me we want to be able to still go out and we still want to be able to buy a house and so as a result our government is going to try and stop us investors but the reality is often the changes that they make will push prices up Same way ring fencing has pushed rents up. So in Australia, when they introduced ring fencing 10 years ago, whatever it was, that flow-on effect was that rents got pushed up. And in New Zealand, probably we'll have some of these policies come into place, and then in a few years' time, we might have a change in government, and some of them will get undone as well.
0: So I was in the coro lounge the other day and it was on Sunday, the day after the election, and I walk in there and I'd been tossing and turning all night. (laughs) I know this is actually without a word of a lie, I'd been tossing and turning, thinking about well, what's it going to mean for us within the housing market, but assets broadly speaking as well. And who should I see sitting there but my favourite commentator on tax? And any of you long term listeners of the show will know who it is. Does anybody know? No, no, favourite economist. No, favourite economist. Favourite commenter on tax, Peter Dunn. Peter Dunn, former leader of the United Future Party. Because, God, he is a sensible man when talking about tax. We're not going to get in today. So I sat down and I said, Peter, I'm
1: going to harass you now. Let's talk tax. And, God, we had a wonderful chat. So I said, Peter. <laughs> I just imagine Peter ringing his wife afterwards. I'm, I'm not going to go to the Coral Lounge anymore. <laughs> lot of weird I cancelling those, our there. memberships. <laughs> But I said, Peter, you have
0: a wealth of experience in politics. How do you think this is going to change our country? And he said, do you know what? The interesting thing is we've had so many national voters switch their allegiance to the Labour government. I mean, for some very good reasons in many cases, given the disarray the party had been under and the changes of leadership and the leaks and all of these things, that it's meant that in essence, the Labour Party is so in the centre at the moment. And if the Labour Party introduces anything that is vastly radical, that would cause them to lose that position and potentially lose MPs. There was a fascinating article in The Economist that talked about that the more popular the Labour government gets, the more centrist and less radical they can become because in order to be able to enact more radical policies would cause them to lose some voters. Now, rightly or wrongly, that's just what the, the electoral maths of it. And so I don't think that we're going to see very radical policies like a wealth tax or we won 't yeah. or rent controls, but I think we will see some incrementalism within it, some of which may or may not be undone
1: when national eventually comes to power and a big thing to remember is often the media anyone from the media in the room tonight. No. Dasha from last night, her husband's in the media. So when he came in, he was very, very shy about telling me what he did for a job. Anyway, the media do make a bit of a song and dance about a lot of these policy changes, like, for example, the Healthy Homes Act, which has put people off investing and made investors sell properties, when really it probably doesn't make that much of a difference if you manage it right. Same with the changes to the Residential Tenancies Act. So just remember, as we move forward, there might be a little bit less competition out there in the investor market. Get in there before where any of the changes come in and you'll be fine.
0: And we're not necessarily saying that it's all good news for property investors or property owners at all. There will be some things that come in that potentially don't necessarily go the property investors way in the strict sense. But I think the message here is probably don't get spooked. Don't let it stop you taking control of your financial future and investing for yourself because you're worried that some policies that would negatively impact you would come in. Potentially there will be some, but I don't think they'll be so radical that would take away some of the benefits of property like leverage, like the fact that you're leveraging multiple times and somebody else is paying your mortgage for
1: you and we've had the worst of it this term you know we have had a bunch of things happen and let me ask you this
0: final question Kat did we answer (laughs) your question and are you satisfied you did you answered it really well fantastic let's wrap it up there but please don't forget to rate review and subscribe to the show it really helps us get the message out to more people and hey If you want to learn more about property with Andrew and I, why not check out our epic guide to mortgages? This is a 10,000 word guide, which is freely available on our website. You don't even have to put in your email address. Andrew and I wrote that together. And so you can either go to opuspartners.co.nz or tap or swipe over the cover art. I'll drop a link into the show notes. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And we'll be
1: back again tomorrow with even more
0: daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.